Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinions. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. This week's reviewer of the week is Sarah's 0727-2019. Did I think you know it's me? Sarah S 0727. Yes. 2019 is how I read it. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, punctuation. Maybe the big S was for more than one Sarah. Like they wanted you to know there's a lot more. There's a lot of Sarahs in that house. Sarah's. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, my favorite pregnancy resource exclamation point point I am so happy my sister-in-law shared this podcast with me how cute when I was newly pregnant I was feeling overwhelmed with all the things to research and nervous about the labor and birth processes to my the to what the <laughs> my wi- the my, my weather- essential my weathered eyes <laughs> The My Essential Birth podcast helped provide me with all the information I needed and in such a fun and engaging way, too. He's back. The more I listened to the podcast, the more confident I became that I could do this. I just had my first baby one month ago today, and it was a successful unmedicated birth at a birth center, which was what I had been hoping for. Hoping for? Hoping for. (laughs) What I'd been hoping for. Definitely one of the best experiences of my life, and I went into it feeling so prepared, all thanks to this podcast. Isn't that so true? I think it is. I think that's why she left it. It's because it's true. It's so true. Sarah, you're awesome. Sarah's. Um, I think all of the Sarahs that left this review, I think probably the best part, my favorite thing is when you guys come back and you're like, remember those things you talked about on the podcast? I learned from them. I did something with them, and I had this great birth. <laughs> that's like my favorite thing, right? That's because. Tough that I did with those things (laughs) because otherwise it's just information I mean you can talk and like even even reading all the books or watching all the birth videos just looking at it and listening to it that's all great stuff but when you put it to use and you actually make an incredible birth out of it that's what matters that's Mm. that makes the difference so I love it keep these coming you guys um I have kind of a fun so first of all, I have my husband here. So speaking of fun. <clears throat> and? And I get to have my sweet little baby boy. He's eight and you have something in your teeth. Um, but my, my little guy, David, gets to be here with us. I don't know that you're necessarily going to hear from him. You might hear some giggles in the background. Or just have him say hello. Dave, do you want to come say hello? I'm good. He's good. <laughs> he said he's Can good. I do that? No. Oh, okay. No, you're stuck. 
for the duration. Oh, good. But I, if you guys do, so I haven't really announced this. Anyways, there is a My Essential Birth YouTube channel. And so if you happen to see this podcast on that channel, you can see my little guy laughing along with us. Hopefully we'll all be having a great time. Nope. This <laughs> this week we're going to talk about a real downer of a topic: pregnancy, birth, and postpartum care. Oh, I'm just kidding. What moms need to know, and I thought it would be fun to bring in the husband's point of view, kind of like this is what you need to know. Here's how husbands can support. Also, this is what dads think you should know, and this is how they can support. It's a topic that I really want to cover because I know it's really useful information and going to be good for all of you that are listening. Um, it's kind of like, what do you really? need to know and if you're thinking mm. of so this is kind of back to the my essential no more bs let's cut the crap just what you need to know just well that's for the guys right so these are like your essentials right like that's even throughout have, like the cover of it has your arms all folded you're kind of kicked back looking up with your head out looking serious you know i thought that was somehow i managed that was it too <laughs> anyways so i'm gonna go over the essentials and then i hope you'll realize that it's not so much that it's something that you can't learn and i also hope that as you're learning you're using these podcasts for part of that learning that would be the idea that you're getting a ton of information from here you guys if you are interested in more information and you want it in a really clean um like sequential do this then do this then do this that's what the birth course is for all the information is in there it's in sequential order it's everything you and your birth partner need to know you guys can prepare really easily together if you haven't looked into it yet i really want you to it's myessentialbirth.com um, and just click the get started button i'd love to have you join that's what plural sarah did <laughs> anyway so my the whole point is like i hope you become more confident and prepared and knowledgeable because that makes an empowered birth period and when you have that you feel really good right sweetie Yes. Okay. Here we go. So for pregnancy, I'm just going to break it down. I thought we would kind of go through pregnancy, what the essentials are, labor and birth, what those essential are, what essentials are, and then kind of through the postpartum period. So you you just jump in anytime you're okay. like, we got to talk about this. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> this is not right. Yeah. That sort Kay. of thing. Okay. Yes. So he'll be correcting me. Mm -hmm. Basically, what I thought is... No. With pregnancy and what you need to know, the earlier you do these things, the better. Would you yes, agree with that? I would agree. And why? Like, what? why does that really matter? If you're, like, a couple weeks pregnant or a couple months pregnant, what's the difference in getting the knowledge earlier versus later? Does um, it really matter? Well, like, it could provides... I take, could I take a birth course or could I start listening to a podcast, you know, in the third could trimester instead it? of the first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I like to do with everything. No, you, the more advanced notice you have, the more prepared you can be. It's just like practicing for a game. So the more advanced you have to study out your opponent and to practice and your be opponent. ready for them. Your, your, your opponent <laughs> is that baby. Oh my gosh. It's not going to win. You're going to win. You're going to get that thing out. Then you both win. And, and it's They're a win-win. They in. feel better after. I mean, it hurts a little bit, but they feel just better after. You feel better after. It's like a good solid. I was waiting for it. Yeah. Good solid what? Passing of a good baby. Solid BM. So I said baby. I knew it. Yeah. Well, okay. Real big one. So here's the thing. If you start learning these things earlier 
And I'm going to tell you what I think that like number one, right, should kind of be something to like have in the back of your mind about when you get pregnant, if you're not pregnant, or if you're if you are pregnant, focusing on this kind of thing first. Um, and that has to do with being healthy and low risk. But I, I think you're right. The earlier, the better. The knowledge and preparation, you're never going to know too much. You're never going to wish you hadn't read that extra book on pregnancy or birth. Yeah. You, you can't gather too much information. Um, and so I, I think I want to move that into kind of the first thing that I talk about even within the birth course, which is staying healthy and low risk. I this think that's is, good. Yeah. Sorry, I don't no. need to cut you off. That's very important that you get to that because the earlier you're aware of what your diet should look like. Yes the better you are. Right. So say that you start a birth course and you're only six weeks pregnant, right? Like for us, we signed up for a birth course and we were trying to get pregnant. Like that's how obsessed much I were. was obsessed. I wanted to take a really good yeah. birth course. Um, but the benefit to that was you learn all of the things that are going to make a difference for keeping your body healthy and low risk, which really just keeps you in the driver's seat for your birth. Because if you're coming up against medical things that all of a sudden you can't control and you need a care provider to help you control or to, to manage for you, then it leaves you with a little less option. So for example, if you, you get preeclampsia or you come down with like gestational diabetes. That's bad. Um, which some of that we don't have control over, right? But we do know, like there are studies that show women that have a really high protein, well-balanced diet. What does high protein, well-balanced diet mean, well, sweetie? You, you tell me. Do you know what it means? Something on the range of 75 to 100 grams of protein oh. a day. Gold. Yes. Yeah. And not like floofy, weird protein, like real stuff. What is floofy, weird protein? You know, like, oh, yeah, this has probably got... 100 grams of protein in it is you, you like got a stack you of track 64 it. slices of american cheese <laughs> okay yes <laughs> so not, I guess. actually that would have enough protein in it but it's yeah. I, can't, I can't you're say gonna be having two babies that time <laughs> oh my gosh right it's not a calorie count but eating a healthy well-balanced high protein diet yes that was all kind well of well-balanced Right. <laughs> so the idea is, right, if you can if you can stay in control of some of these things and lower your risks, then you're going to have more options. You can when you're healthy and low risk, you can choose to birth out of the hospital or not. You can choose to, um, you know, not have your care managed. You can choose to not be induced. So there's just a couple of things that put you back in the driver's seat when you are healthy and low risk. And like I said, it starts with nutrition. And it prevents a lot doing that. A yeah. high protein diet early. And, and there is more information you know, um, I think what I love or what is very important to me is that things are evidence-based. And so there is more information coming out now, more studies coming out now that are showing those levels are even higher than we thought that they were. And so within the birth course, the 75 plus grams of protein is based off of a Harvard study from quite a while ago. And I'm just going to tell you now that protein is even higher. So that would be like the bare base minimum that you're talking about when you're first yeah. pregnant. You're looking at like 100 plus and you should be eating more protein as you grow that baby. So um, get a big giant bag of coming, protein for a protein shake i yeah you should absolutely be supplementing with a protein shake because it is a lot and as your belly gets bigger and your stomach gets smaller yeah if you're not used to it yeah it can be hard to get that amount of protein and so yeah having good protein snacks starting your day with breakfast and protein i'm having to learn some of this relearn it again um and then keeping up on that protein throughout the day and adding a protein shake where needed i yeah. think is excellent excellent advice there is not protein in a donut there's no protein in a donut that's not true it's very minimal According to my app, there is protein in the donut that I it's a waste of your time. apped it yesterday for. 
Um, what does well-balanced mean? Well, more than just uh, crackers and cheese sort of thing, but like a variety of foods. Vegetables yeah. are good. That's we kind of say your, like eat a rainbow. That's going to help your food babies that you're making all this time come out a lot easier. Does vegetables. It does it help your food babies? I don't eat vegetables. Come out a lot easier. You know that. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of no, which, actually, constipation, and I this is not like an essential thing. Constipation is a thing during pregnancy, you guys. And there See? are several things that you can do, one of which is eating good high fiber food, leafy greens, dark leafy green vegetables. Um, another is um, there's psyllium husks. Right? Oh, yes. So we order these if you're looking for a natural thing that you can add to your shake. Something you to come out nice and fluffy. Grind that in. This is not an episode about poop. You have to stop. <laughs> then why did you invite <laughs> me on? I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, so psyllium husks, another one is magnesium, magnesium citrate. So there's some things that you can take that help things move a little more instead of just a stool softener, which during my first pregnancy, I absolutely did take because of not having good knowledge and then having some issues. So, okay. Work on that. Well-balanced, all that stuff. Now who's talking about poop? Along with that, I, it's in context, hundred mm. percent in context. Okay. Also taking your vitamins, okay? So we've got like our prenatal vitamin, kind of like I talked about. Um, the one that the provider gives you that's a once daily, that's great. That's another one of those bare minimum things. If you're looking for something a little bit healthier, um, and it, they are probably a little bit pricier, right? Like even the prenatals, I think were covered on insurance. And so it's, yeah. I, I understand if that's a thing, but it, you wanna look for something that's not necessarily a once daily because not all of those things can be absorbed at once and you need a little bit more than what would be offered in a once daily. So looking for something that's not a once daily and a little bit healthier, mm -hmm. there's a bunch of different options. Whole nutrition is always best. Like getting vitamins and minerals from actual, a variety of foods, vegetables, fruits, meats, all those sorts of things is best. Supplements are just better than nothing. Not to say that they don't have their place, but they're better than nothing and they help in the place of doing nothing. Right. But there's and different kinds of supplements, yeah. like different quality of supplements too. Sure. So I'm with you hundred percent. That should happen there, but I think every woman should take a prenatal. Yeah, no, they, sh they yeah. should. I'm so just saying. Not to lean on that. Not to lean on that for all of your nutrition. You need to have yeah. a variety in your diet. And I agree. Um, another one is probiotics and I don't know if you want to have your moment with how you feel about probiotics in this minute. That's okay. Okay. But <laughs> I took a lot of biochemistry. <laughs> Anyways, probiotics. don't do anything. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. Well, and I think that there's some no, I, yeah. quality no, studies that show that they do some good. Mm -hmm. So anyways, um, taking like a good one and I'll link a couple just in the show notes so that you guys have them, but Yarrow probiotics and then garden of life primal defense. Those are two that I've recommended before. Um, I do recommend them within the birth course and it can be really like positive. So I know that you guys hear a lot or you're concerned a lot about GBS, right? Groupie strep. So this is a test that you have later on in pregnancy. They do a vaginal swab and they tell you either are positive for this um, bacteria or negative for it in that location. It's a, it's a bacteria that we all carry. Um, if you're positive for it, then the idea is that you might be able to pass that bacteria on to baby as they pass through the birth canal and that it can cause some very serious problems. That's bad. And I won't get into all the percentages and, and, and how high or low or whatever, but they, they also want you to be there at the hospital early, several hours before giving birth so that they can minister IV antibiotics. Mm. And so a lot of women are like, well, how do I make the test come up negative so I don't have to do that? First of all, if you have a positive test, 
you still have the option to choose to not have the antibiotics. And I won't get into the pros and cons of all that. That's for your research. I just want you to know you have a choice. But secondly, um, you I, I, a lot of what I hear is like, oh, can I like stick a fresh piece of garlic up there for a day or two wow. before I take the test? And here's the thing. It's actually been proven that it can make it negative, but it doesn't stop you from being positive. Right, from having GS. From actually having it. And so if you're someone that knows, no, if I test, if I really do have it at the time of birth, like if I knew that for myself, if there was a way for me to know that I had it, that I would choose to have the antibiotics, then I highly recommend you don't do something like that. Um, you want the test to be accurate. You still have a choice either way, but you want the test to be accurate. Now, probiotics, the idea behind a well-balanced diet, a, a lack of things like sugar and an, o an overabundance of dairy, which can create an overabundance of yeast and some other things, mm. adding a probiotic is supposed to help with that health, create good bacteria, and combat any negative bacteria in that area. It's not perfect. It doesn't do it all the time. But from what we've seen, there is a higher rate of that test being negative. In other words, a higher rate of moms being negative for GBS during pregnancy, which I think is one of those things that gives you a little bit more um, control over your birth space. Good. <laughs> is that enough of a tangent? Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So I think some other things that are really essential is figuring out how you handle pain. And <laughs> I, think, I think when this one was brought up to me... Um, that was one of the first things that I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. I thought I had like envisioned how I was going to handle contractions, for example, but I hadn't stopped to think how I handle everyday pain. And I think if you are someone who has um, period cramping, menstrual pain, that how you handle that pain is going to be very similar for how you handle contraction pain. Or if, you, if there's something that you do with that kind of pain that works, that that would also be something that works during that time. I don't know. What do you think about that? Like knowing how you handle pain to use that in a situation where you know you're going to experience pain. It's hard to gauge how a person handles pain, I think. Well, how do you handle pain? I handle it pretty well. What do you do when you experience pain? And I'm talking physical. What do you do? I usually laugh. Like it's my natural response. I kind of laugh because I usually did something stupid to inflict pain upon myself. Actually, he does do that sometimes, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Like, I love that you handle it that way because I go the opposite. I get really upset. Yeah, you do. <laughs> at myself, at everyone around me. Everybody else is to blame for you stubbing your toe. <laughs> it's really true. But it's our fault <laughs> that we moved the earth up just a little bit that day Wish into your way. Wish you wouldn't way. have, yeah. So, but it made me think about that because, okay, if I stub my toe, if I bump something, if I have, you know, if I broke whatever, what do, you, what do I do? Pressure. Right? Yeah. Like immediate, like, oh, are we doing you triage, right? Like, like you grab pressure, it. elevation, all that stuff. Okay. Rest. I don't know. Yeah, actually. Ice, which actually doesn't yeah. do anything, but. Uh, but it can numb it. Rest is one of the only things that actually helps you heal from traumatic injury. Okay. Well, this is different. You're going to have pain that's continuing. Yeah. Um, some people use medication, which I think is really important to throw out there. Like if you have a headache, how do you handle that pain? Some people go That's lay true. down and they turn the lights off. You want to avoid ibuprofen. They use essential oils. Later in the stages of your pregnancy. Yeah, right? But I'm, I'm talking about like pain, like pain medication that you would use during labor. If oh. I'm talking oh, about okay. contractions, okay, you know. Um, but you're right. That was a good disclaimer. Don't use ibuprofen for a headache during pregnancy. Later in the stages of your pregnancy because you can yeah. affect the baby's heart. But my... But <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Yeah, okay. But the thought is like there different people handle pain different ways. And so if your first thing is to go for the medication and not to do some other normal natural, it might be counterintuitive for you 
to think when I have this pain that I'm going to try and work through it or allow it to get a little stronger or right. And it's not that you can't, but I think it's important to think of those things. Yes. <laughs> Here's one for you. Okay. How you need to be supported. How, how do you, you need, need to, be to supported. support. That's true. Yeah. It's an essential um, that you need to know. That's true. That's, that's practice with your partner and that has to happen. Cause if you don't do it, even if that's not how it's going to play out in the actual labor, it's important that you've built that connection through practicing. Yeah, that's right. Um, and sometimes we don't know until we're there. That's true. Everything <laughs> that you'd practiced and thought was going to be great. And then you get there and it's like, don't ever do that to me again. But thankfully you have all the tools going in. Whereas the other way is kind of what we did the first time, right? We didn't yeah. have any tools. And then we also didn't know, like, I didn't know how to ask for what I needed. Yeah. You didn't know what I needed. Yeah. That wasn't helpful. Right. So it's right. And it, he, we're laughing about that a little bit because I am a sucker for massage. I want it all day, every day. No, not when you're laboring. Except for when I'm in labor. Yeah. And I was, that's what we had practiced. You want me to do that kitty we paw thing where I kind of purr <laughs> and knead on you like I'm making biscuits? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, but I remember I wanted you to be near me. And I liked holding your hand yeah. and I, I, I felt really safe when you were next to me as mm. like you weren't doing anything except for you were next to me. So when we were walking up the stairs or when we took a walk outside or you, you were rubbing my feet at one point, I have a picture of it where I was like on the ground, just sitting on the ground. What noise do you make when I rub your feet? <laughs> That's makes, right. It comes. <laughs> Anytime it comes she wants a Simpsons, massage, I require this noise to be made. Sideshow Bob. Even if we're in public. Massaging Selma. Yeah. Feet. So it's he makes me Simpsons, make the noise. Yeah. But if I make the noise, I'll keep doing it. She's so just one of the most repulsive funny for him women on the planet. And I get more massages. Mm. Whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Okay. You guys are going to get to know us a little too oh, much. Oh, and you should I do the two finger method for holding your hand for when you have to squeeze. I even said Do you ever mention that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> I don't. Don't touch me there. Okay. Squishy. Okay. Anyways. He, you hit, yes. So he's talking about, um, like for support that. that it's always a really good so idea. So your fingers don't get destroyed <laughs> when she's going through a contraption. Because if you, it's true. Like it you can feel really good to squeeze. You for her to hold instead of something. three because it's like. So squeeze two of his two fingers. Two is more three. stable than three. Three You'll you could break like a collapse finger. collapse the uh, other ones on top of the other. Okay. Yeah. I hope you guys are taking notes. Just little, quick little bits of information. Useful yep. information. That's all useful. I am today. It's all, uh, all the essentials, you guys. <laughs> So how about relaxation? That's totally something that we practiced. We practiced, yeah, a lot of that where I was. And meditation. Yeah, meditation of. and kind of hypnosis sort of thing in a sense. And then when it came down to it, when you were laboring, you didn't want that. But it was really important that I learned how to relax myself. Yes. Um, I didn't I didn't want any of that, but I utilized all of it. Yeah. So that, and that was something that we did together. So it looked like, do you remember what it was like? I do, yeah. I would. You mean the way that I would make you picture something in your mind and all yeah. So we, it would be at night yeah. before we went to bed. The mm -hmm. lights would be out. I'd be laying on my side. Yeah. And what would happen? Oh, I would. So I'd have you start by counting down. Um, at certain points, you'll. Well, it sounds silly, but so depending on how you do it, at certain points, you'll either have them picture 
an image or an object in their mind, a three-dimensional one, or it can start out two-dimensional, and then you instruct them to focus on that image, and after they've held it for a little while, you change the image somehow, so it becomes more intently focused on. So you can change the color of it, you can make it three-dimensional. In my case, I usually made it three-dimensional, like a sphere or something like that. And then from there, I started adding texture to it, so it'd get a little more high resolution, a little more detailed. And then from there, I'd have it moving or some go into motion, so it becomes a little more detailed, a little more high resolution, these things that you start focusing on. And, and then I'd also be kind of massaging through your forehead and doing pressure points of relaxation, just kind of getting you used to what that feels like, me taking away like pressure like right between your eyes on your forehead and kind of pushing it away towards your temples. He's very good at this. And then on your, <laughs> it is. And then I can put women to sleep like you wouldn't believe. You put me to sleep. Like yeah. you would, I don't know that that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like a slight of a talent a um, as I'm doing now to most of your audience. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> yes, it, or I do it on your head, like the middle of your head. And I would just follow like points or meridian points on the body that kind of go towards relaxing areas. And then I'd have you start counting down. I'd put you in my particular case. I would put you in an elevator. Not every time. Not every time. We but did it sometimes. once, and I wasn't. You weren't allowed to do it again. Oh, it was a little too much. It was too much. It was too intense. How many? But how many I would put floors you in did you take the elevator up? I don't know. No, it was down. You take the elevator down. Well, you started doing and you get down deeper after, and more relaxed after with you each took level. me into a glass elevator, like twenty stories high. No. So when you're imagining things, you're trying to relax. Yes, it was glass, oh, and it was no. super high. Anyway. Anyways. Anyway, so usually you go down, and as you go down, you get more and more relaxed until you open up into like a nice yeah. peaceful area at the very bottom floor and right. let them out. And, and those were really relaxing. And I actually have a meditation within the course that is something kind of similar, not really, but it, it involves taking you down deeper like that, and it really does relax. So. Also, whenever I tell her to crack her knuckles, she starts clucking like a chicken. That's how effective <laughs> the hypnosis was. <laughs> it was not the case. Really? Do we want to show everyone? Yeah, go ahead. I'm just kidding. Let's see what happens. Crack your knuckles, sweetie. I can't. Just kidding. <laughs> um, anyways, we did labor rehearsals too. I think I'm not. Yeah, but it wasn't real. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we did labor rehearsals too, and I I liked doing those. I don't know about you, but I liked pretending that I was in labor and acting as if like, what am I going to do? How am I going to breathe? How am I going to lean on you? So those were helpful for me. Uh, we talked about meditation. I think the knowledge side of it and this is kind of where um just as we had talked about kind of knowing your options having the knowledge behind the decisions that you're making to be able to create the birth that you desire and then having a provider that supports that birth you have to know what kind of birth you want before you can decide if that provider is going to be the the right one for you and so i think it is essential i think it's something you need to know for your pregnancy that you can change your provider at any given time yeah anytime and i mean if you're hearing this and you're 37 38 weeks and you're like this podcast sounds really good to me the things that they're saying here my provider and i aren't on the same page interview another one they do, it's, it doesn't matter. You it's okay. Get a new one. You will meet nutso doctors. <laughs> and you, the difference is, and you know what? Even if you're not sure, even if you're like, well, he's kind of on board, interview another one anyways. Because yeah. it won't be until you have the contrast that you're able to say, oh, yeah, for real, that yeah. I wasn't getting what I needed there. I need this. You wanted to lock me down in like a dark little closet or something weird. What? I don't know. Providers can be nuts. Okay. They're people too. Don't forget, they're people too. And you know how <laughs> nuts you are. So I 
know how nuts my husband is. Wow. Okay, figuring out what you want, knowing what you need to practice, what tools to use during labor, kind of just all that knowledge part. I think those would be my top essentials for what you need to know for pregnancy. And I kind of throw them all together. So if you like really want me to go through, I think you should probably check out the show notes that are gonna be for this podcast. But basically it was the knowledge and preparation, which is gonna be part of pregnancy, labor, birth, all of that is gonna be included. You'll have knowledge and preparation as my top essential for all of those. Um, and then I want you to think about staying healthy and low risk. And so preparing for pregnancy earlier. And then we talked about um, kind of those things that you can do together or should be doing together with your partner, understanding how you handle pain, how you need to be supported. And then we talked about relaxation, labor rehearsal, meditation, and then the knowledge that goes along with being able to create a birth map that works for you, find a provider that's going to support everything that you just, that we, you know, put on the birth plan. So I got a little crazy there. So I wanted to kind of sum that up. Okay. For just a second. All those things. <laughs> All those things. So, well, it's this, it's what do you need to know? And I think those were all on the need to know list. There's a lot of need to know. Well, there's a lot more than that. This could be like a 24 part episode. But if you, if you only knew those things that I put on there, I still think that it, I mean, I think if you, the well, I don't know. Version. The it's bullet, the bullet point, point version that makes you want to learn more anyway. So yeah. that's good. And I think you cover all this in your course anyway. So Absolutely. Okay. That and more. Labor and birth. So I think something I talked about best birth positions I think that is a really good thing to know if you don't know the different positions to practice and to try to get in it's awkward during like oh yeah let me stick my leg up on this chair why are we doing this again that doesn't feel good so you <laughs> have to have some kind of knowledge behind these things but to understand what the different positions are that you can use during birth and really it's anything it's any way that you contort your body that feels good but there are some um, details behind some of those positions and what they do, whether they're opening the inlet or the outlet of the pelvis, or if you have pain in the back or in the front, what you can do to utilize those positions for more comfort and an easier birth. Yes. There it is. Okay. And then there's... <laughs> you want my approval for you. You <laughs> well, know about this more than I do. You were nodding your head and your big thing is to say yes. So I was oh, that, okay. waiting for the approval. I should get a t-shirt that says that. Yes. My thing is to say yes. No, just yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mine will say you have birth options. Yours will say yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How a birth partner can support you. So there's a couple different ways when it comes. There's some things to do during pregnancy. It's a little different during labor and birth. What are the things that stand out to you that you needed to know hmm. to be able to do? Or that you found really useful to know? You need to eat despite... You talking about you or me? No, you. Well, Pregnant. I mean, yeah, I need okay. to eat too. Yeah. But so laboring mom needs to eat. Laboring mom needs to eat despite what some people might think. Um, or what policies. You need to keep moving. You need to keep moving. Yep. You need words of encouragement. Sometimes snarky comments and humor. It's true, actually. Yeah. If you have a good relationship with your birth partner or your husband, like... He had me laughing on our third birth, especially, and I loved it so much. And sometimes you need to lean in and very quietly whisper, quit faking your push through the contractions. I can tell you're faking it. A little bit of encouragement there. Yeah. Get, suck it up. Get it together. <laughs> um, we could have done this three hours ago. Yeah. We could have been in bed already. <laughs> quit wasting everyone's time and dawdling around. Oh, boy. It you guys have seen those memes, right? It couldn't possibly hurt that bad. With the guy sitting on the toilet that's like... I push my baby out in longer times than it takes my husband to poop. Think about that because I had a four and a half pushing time. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> with what we had for lunch. <laughs> um, what else? That's, that's pretty much doing the forklift thing. I patented that one. Patented, yes. Patented, TM. trademarked, TM. <laughs> was that an office thing? Did he just trademark his... What was that from? <laughs> yeah, it was an office thing. <laughs> Who was it? It's that guy they were interviewing when they lost the oh, main right. character. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. I will put... I'll have to put that in the show notes, too. Yeah, sure. I do. <laughs> I link to about. funny stuff. <laughs> Wait, hey I have guys, to see what yeah. they're talking about that's on what the they office. Need. You've become the old woman on Facebook who starts pushing out all these weird memes and crap to her kids and relatives that nobody wants to listen to or read. That's what you're doing with your show notes. You're really rude. People don't no. I'm not pushing it in their face like, hey, everybody, come look here. It's just if you would like to know what the heck I was just talking about, here's a link. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it. Also, if you don't forward it to your 10 best friends, they're, you're going to die from well, that's whatever. A given. Your baby's going to come out weird looking. I didn't see that part. <laughs> All right. I think it's important to know what your rights are. So you talked about some ways that you can support, right? Like hands-on. We talked about verbal encouragement. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think just being there, like being present. So, um, you know, I interviewed a woman recently, and I think that podcast episode is going to come out quite a bit after this. But she talked about the importance of... Um, her husband just being off of his phone. She's like, our first birth, he didn't really know what to do. He was kind of in, in the corner sitting on his phone because I was handling things really well from what he could see, but I was doing a lot of work and I wanted him to be present. Mm. And so that third birth, she's like, you know, he, so he was present with me. He wasn't on his phone. He was next to me. He was paying attention. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, we we don't give men the credit to like, like they don't know what to do if we don't tell That's them. That's true. Just like we can't read your minds in normal conversation or daily life, we're really not going to be able to read them when you're, you know. During labor. But that's why it's really important for you to have some things that you can yeah. do because that's when we really can't tell you. Yeah. Um, so I think just being present, being there, advocating for your wife, your um, the mama. I think it's really important that, you know, we don't always there's some things like you said we kind of get into this dreamland or we call it like labor land right and labor we land. there's a lot we're having it's an entire different world of things going on in our mind and we can kind of hear what's happening around us um, but we can't necessarily interact with it we're too focused on the work ahead of us and so I think it's really important that dad's very aware of this is what my wife wants or this is what mom wants and in any way that he can being able to step in and step up for her during that time mm -hmm. yeah also, you respond very well to a healthy dose of sarcasm. I do. Everybody else might not. That's true. <laughs> know your spouse. Dave was like zoned out there. <laughs> uh. Dave. He's waiting for me to ask a question because he wants to be on the podcast. Oh, I see. Um, I think it's important to know what your rights are. Hands down. Ask Dave what he thinks his if rights are. If you don't know that you can walk into any hospital and tell them, no, I don't want an IV because it's my body and I'm saying no to that, or the same thing with a vaginal exam, then you don't know your rights. And those are just the very basic, simple, first things that you're going to come across. But in other words, it is your body. Nobody needs to be touching it or anything else. You have certain rights. And it goes along with those preferences, like something that's on the very top of my list might not be on yours, but on the top of my list is clothing. I want to be in my own clothing. That's my comfort mm. space. And I don't want an IV. No needles. It's kind of this like, right? You stick a needle in my arm and it's dead. Oh, I, can't I thought you were saying you it didn't. Anymore. It says IV. I thought you were saying you didn't want to watch Rocky Four. That's exactly what I was saying. I get it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to watch that either during my yeah. birth. 
Um, anyways, so there's some like, just, or you talked about eating. Like eating is huge. Yeah. Um, Why would they not let you eat? I don't know. Because they don't want to deal with your poop. I'm not going to tell you ever to sneak food and eat it during labor. I would never tell you to do I that. Will. But I will tell you that a laboring woman needs energy. Yeah. And it comes from food. Yeah. Your whole body's in like a full dry heave from every muscle. You think you don't need calories to keep that going? If your body's in a full dry heave, you're not going to want anything. To That's eat. what I mean. Like, you know, you got to get the energy Anyways, you've it's got for it, like yeah. 10 hours. It's a marathon here. It is a marathon. You, you need do power need gel. Sustenance. Just <laughs> shoot it into her mouth. The power gel. <laughs> I mean, you could. And some Women Gatorade from one of those bottles that you squeeze and it shoots the, That's it. the Gatorade out or the water out. Okay, so just knowing, <laughs> knowing your birth preferences, right? Like you can have intermittent monitoring and you don't need to be stuck to the bed and you can ask for a birth ball or a peanut ball. Um, lights and sounds, all of that is up to you. You can actually turn the monitors down, you guys. Like that beeping that's going constantly and can get really irritating the whole time. <laughs> Even the one with your baby's heartbeat. Like sometimes it's really nice to hear that and sometimes it's like, I am so tired of hearing this background noise. You know, I want to listen to music or I want to listen to nothing. You can turn that down. It's the same with the smells. Mm. I know something that I, I really like. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, hopefully. Um, but I know something that I really liked was your cologne. So oh, I'd really? ask you to like spray it oh, on yeah, like a shirt or something. Yeah. And it would be really comforting to me. So there's just, I mean, and then you want to avoid things like make sure dad doesn't bring something that's got garlic or. Why did I have that double bacon Western chip? cheeseburger? Yeah. For all the smells, right? Yeah. Peanuts, beef jerky, just whatever, but you get the point. So those were kind of my essentials for mm. this ah. is what you need to know for labor and birth. Dave, did you want to add anything to that? You'll have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go sit down. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> good work. Dave. Joe would have said it. Oh, he'd be very serious. I know. You should have do Dave, Joe, bring, a, bring him and do a podcast. All right. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's talk about the postpartum. Fun. What you need to know. And postpartum is from the time that you give birth to the baby and that baby is put directly on you to... Baby's here. We say like the six-week period till you see your provider again till forever. It, you know, we're, I'm going to talk about some things that are really important to know, but I think understanding that postpartum is forever after you have your baby and some of the conditions maybe that we think negatively about or that we're concerned about that we're going to talk about um that those shouldn't maybe last forever and so what to be aware of but i think number one is um you need to know what your preferences are because if you don't know just like i talked about in labor and birth that you can say some things uh yes or no to some things then they will just happen to you or happen to your baby and so the first one is after you give birth to your baby, so your baby is completely born, um, the first thing they're going to worry about is cutting and clamping or clamping and then cutting the baby's cord. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. You can wait. You can do something called delayed cord clamping. Gives your baby the rest of their baby's blood. You know, if there is a reason that they need to, you know, work on baby right away or whatever, I know in the hospital setting they immediately clamp and cut. But I will tell you that at home births, even in emergent situations, they actually leave baby attached to the placenta. So I think some of it's policy. I think some of it's practice, um, how your provider practices. But it is an option. At least you. until age five. <laughs> yeah. um, and then there's the active management of the fourth stage. So this is something that women don't know that. Anyways, after you give birth to your baby, you also have to birth the placenta. So baby is done. They're out. 
you also have a placenta that needs to come out. Yum. <laughs> yeah. Actually, some women I do know, need it. I know. Um, so with that, though, there's something called active management of the fourth stage or as soon as baby's born. And what that looks like in a hospital setting or out of hospital setting, if this is how they practice, is that um, they'll give mom a higher dose of Pitocin, a shot of Pitocin. So if you've had Pitocin and it's already in the IV or you have an IV, they'll give you a bag of Pitocin. In other words, they want something that's going to make sure that you have really strong contractions that clamp the uterus down, that help the bleeding stop. It's not required. So I know when I say that, I, I don't know. There are different schools of thought here. Um, there's the wait and see. You can wait and see if you are hemorrhaging, if there's too much blood before you decide to do that, or you can immediately do it. it. But you have a choice and you can talk to your provider about that. There's different reasons for it. I won't get into all that. I just want you to know you, that you have an option there. It's the same with baby being born. They can be immediate skin to skin. They don't need to be whisked away and weighed and measured and cleaned off and, and all of that. You can choose if you want them to have the Hep B vaccine or the erythromycin, which is the cream that they put in baby's eyes. There's reasons for and not to, not to do those as well. Uh, same with washing the baby. So just understanding that you have preferences uh, postpartum that can you get to choose what those things are. Yes. And then I want to talk about Just poke me with a stick when you need me to wake up and okay. answer yes. That sounds good. I wanted to talk about postpartum mood disorders just for a moment because I am talking about them as postpartum, but a lot of these start prenatally. Whether or not you're someone who has experienced any kind of depression or anxiety or any other mood disorder prior to pregnancy, uh, and I experienced this but didn't know what it was with my first and then heard about it later that you can have prenatal depression because you only hear about postpartum depression. Mm. Um, and also that it affects dad, which I think it's not your depression affects dad, although I guess it could, but yes. dad's going through some really hard stuff too, or life change as well. And so there's some things to look for there as well, just to know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would have been helpful for you knowing that you did experience some of that hardened, you know, some of those harder emotions later what would have been helpful for you to either know before or that mom could be aware of prior? Um, that it's not permanent. And to recognize that, yeah, I think knowing that it's not permanent, that it's something that can go away or will go away. And um, Do you remember what made it go away for you? No. Was it like counseling or exercising or... I don't know. I think it... Time. Time, maybe, exercise. Bonding with the baby. Yeah. I know I was working out on gymnastic rings a lot with our first one right after he was born. So much so that when I did eventually go into the military, I was doing like 40 or 60 pull-ups at a time because <laughs> I was so used to doing so much. So I guess I had a lot. I guess I had a lot I had to work out right yeah. there. <laughs> but... um yeah, I think that exercise, having normal hobbies that you do. I mean, don't let them consume your life, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially for first time moms, like for me, it was, I went from being a really social person and liking, you know, I like to go do things and get outside and go to dinner and But you still like that, but only if everybody was doused in hand sanitizer first. No, I wasn't worried like that. You keep saying that, but I really wasn't. Uh -huh. um, she was. Maybe I would be now. But I wasn't then. 
Um, but I, sure. I, I had a ton of anxiety. I know. So then like part of me didn't want to leave the house at all. But then I was like so tired of being just stuck inside anyway. So it's just mm-hmm. this like back and forth. But understanding that those things can happen and that there's help for for you so and that it's normal it's actually really really normal so i think they say like 33 percent of women experience postpartum depression uh it's like way higher the other two-thirds are those are yeah no but those are the amount of people that say they are experiencing postpartum depression and to reach out to the right people right because i was concerned as i was experiencing some postpartum stuff when i went for that six-week checkup I didn't write down anything like they give you a list like are you feeling this are you feeling this and I'm like no 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 I don't want to talk to my provider about this yeah I don't I'm not comfortable with this person I don't want him to throw medication at me it yeah. wasn't a safe space so or, that became or a problem. maybe part of your anxiety when answering something like that is oh my gosh if the state knows this they might come take my baby or or yeah you know and not that any of it was but yeah. but you do like when you're anxious already it's like you don't want to tell anybody how you're feeling like you yeah. feel like it's very abnormal or you shouldn't be feeling that way or you feel guilty for feeling that way and that's and not sometimes the case. you run into providers that even if you did tell them wouldn't know what to do with you anyway right so <laughs> it's true so that's where you reach out to like a postpartum specialist or if you're in yeah um, for sure you know like a local work. group like a local mom's group or something you can kind of ask around and and get some ideas get some help um and then understanding kind of along with that how someone can help you how your birth partner can help you so what kind of support you need postpartum which i think sometimes you're like plan as best as you can but then you don't know exactly what you're going to need so what was really helpful for us postpartum what did what did you find really helpful (laughs) people bringing us meals yeah that was nice people bringing us meals that was nice um I think my parents were there for all of them, weren't they? No. Not the second. The second one. Well, no, you're right. The second one I left like two weeks after he was born um, or like just a week after he was born. Yeah. So for me, (laughs) I don't know. I had other things. But for you, it was nice. I think when those people showed up and you had support. Yeah. Be surrounded with people who can support you. As much as possible. Yeah. Or even hire it in if you can afford it, like a yeah. postpartum doula. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, now it's great, too, because they've got things like Grubhub and, you know, they'll deliver your groceries. But isolating yourself is just going to make it worse. Yeah, but you also sometimes it's just like ease of, like if I'm recovering from a cesarean birth or yeah. whatever and you wanted to stay home with me, like, well, let's order in food instead of you leaving, which is going to make me uncomfortable. No, no, no. When you said ordering food, I meant you should take advantage of those things i just mean don't avoid people yes i agree don't isolate yourself be around other people yeah because they'll help you and it'll help you get over your anxieties of having other people around you yeah it's true along with that would be that you can get breastfeeding support um nice (laughs) so ibclcs or international board certified lactation consultants are going to be your go-tos finding somebody local that you can contact that can come visit you and do a consult in your home um, and then along with that are La Leche League meetings. So these are local meetings to your area with other moms who are breastfeeding successfully and or have overcome issues um, and can offer support. A lot of times they're led by IBCLCs. They can't wear that hat when they're there or different lactation consultants. And so you're getting a lot of really good help as well as the community. And I think that's really important for a mom. What's an IBCLC? Postpartum, an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. Oh, okay. It is different than just a lactation consultant. Okay. Like by many, many hours and lots of years of training. Oh, okay. Belly binding. I don't know that that's like a need to know, but I wish I knew. And I didn't until after our third. Um, And then I tried to bind myself, which was somewhat effective 
but I, I mean, there weren't any, even any videos or anything out there. So I, I wish I would have kind of done that for myself. Even if I would have gotten like a nice Velcro bind, I yeah. wish I would have done something to kind of support that. We talked about food. I think meal trains is something to, to think about. And then everything that happens before your six week checkup. And this is where I think we get it wrong in the United States. There are, and in OB care in general, because out of hospital midwifery care, like a birth center or a home birth, an out-of-hospital midwife is going to check in on you. She's going to have several meetings before that six-week mark. She's going to be calling and checking on you. Um, and that's when the majority of really serious issues happen for mom. That's when maternal death happens. That's, you know, mm. we've got postpartum hemorrhages and blood clots and different things that can happen during that time on top of mental health. Um, Not to get everyone all riled up. No, but I think it's like nobody tells you about that. And it's like, okay, you had your baby, your your six-week checkup. Let's make sure you're not bleeding anymore. Yeah. You know, they don't tell you anything, and that's not fair. That's a good one. Yeah. Stop bleeding. Um, I want to remind you, obviously, it's okay to ask for help, Um, you know, mental help. If you need help around your home, literally all the helps, breastfeeding, help from your all the helps all the helps (laughs) that's a good way to put it yeah um and try to create that culture that you want that village that you want and that happens before you give birth you know i i think we're blessed we are part of a church organization we're members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and i will say everywhere we've moved there has been a local church what we call a ward or it's a meeting place and community we've had instant community and i find that you know religious community or having that community nearby is really really helpful and they do kind of build up that village so they did bring meals and we did have people calling and checking on me and that was like a natural normal part of what they do not everybody has that and so if you don't find a way to create it or go seeking that thing because i think it's really helpful yes all the helps (laughs) all the helps all right you guys that was probably a longer episode than it should have been uh i hope you enjoyed it though i hope that you were able to kind of go back or at least think through your mind as we were talking about some of these things and kind of jot that down that oh i didn't think of that and i do think it's really important um obviously if there's other things that i didn't think of or you have questions about you can always reach me on instagram at my essential birth and send me a dm or at hello at my that should be your t-shirt all the helps We're not getting over that one. Yes. All the helps. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.